Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back to another edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. And a welcome back to Gabby Rutia, who uh, is a father uh, coming back on or off of paternity leave. Gabby, how is fatherhood treating you so far? <laughs> it's great, man. It's a it's an unbelievable experience and, uh, you know, definitely happy to be a father to, to the, to my baby girl. Um, yeah, man, it's been, it's been amazing. You know, it's, uh, you know, the regular, I guess, new parent life, you know, long nights, early mornings, but, uh, you know, wouldn't want it any other way. And, uh, you know, ha- definitely happy to be her father and, uh, you know, happy to be back here at work and, and grinding this thing out, man. Happy to be back on the pod. I feel like I'm a little rusty. So hopefully I still, <laughs> I hopefully I still get rolling and, and, and chugging along. Yeah, man, just enjoy the ride. It's a journey, and uh, this early phase, you just got to be patient and get through it. Um, so, yeah, with Gabby back, and, and also, too, just the timing uh, of this recording, we're now the month of November, which is kind of crazy, um, and which also means that the early signing period is closing in pretty quickly this year's signing period i feel like is is a little later um than recent signing periods but still 7 weeks away um from today november 1st as we record this and so i thought it'd be good to kind of provide a snapshot uh you know recruiting outlook cuz it is kind of closing time you know no, the month of november's an important time uh for the season as teams look to accomplish uh, their goals moving forward, closing uh, strong in the month of November on the field. But I do think it's also in a closing time on the recruiting trail as teams kind of um, whittle down their boards and 
make that last move on their remaining targets while also making sure uh, their commits stay in the boat. So we got Gabby back. Let's uh, let's set the table. And Gabby, the way I want to do this is just we can go position by position. And obviously not every position, there's going to be much to talk about. Um, but I think that's just the easiest way to format it. And let's start here. You know, after Cormani McLean's commitment last week, Miami's back into the top 10 of the 24-7 sports rankings, number eight overall class in the country. So they're sitting in a good spot despite the poor results on the field. Um, but I do think that is encouraging moving forward as it shows that it doesn't really matter, I guess, in this first season of the Mario Cristobal era. Anyways, let's start at quarterback. Miami has two commitments um, in Jaden Rashada and Emery Williams. Uh, I guess the, the main question there, Gabby, is what is your understanding of how solid they are in their commitments to Miami at this stage? Yeah, I, I think both are are pretty firm. Um, you know, Jaden Rashada, I think, is, you know, saying the right things about Miami. I think, you know, maybe there's some natural concerns about, you know, with the way the offense has looked and all that stuff. But I don't think that anyone is panicking. I don't think that anyone's saying like, oh, are we going to have to, you know, scramble at the last minute to maybe, you know, find another top tier arm. They do have Emery Williams in the boat. But, uh, you know, I don't think that Jaden Rashada is wavering. I don't think he's looking at other options right now. I think he's all in with the Hurricanes. I mean, I think naturally, you know, maybe would like to see some more firepower from the offense. But I think, uh, you know, he's gotten some reassurances that, uh, you know, Miami is going to kind of, you know, get things rolling and, and things headed in the right direction on the offensive side of the ball. So I'm not in panic mode. I'm not worried about it, really. Uh, Emery Williams is, is, is one that's, again, I, not really something I'm worried about. But David, as you posted last week, and, you know, as, as we know now that, uh, you know, Florida State, Auburn, Cal uh, have offered, uh, you know, definitely, I mean, maybe the Auburn one maybe doesn't matter as much now with Brian Harson out the door. Cal is obviously, you know, high academic school out West. Florida State is maybe the most interesting one to me personally, just because it is so close um, to his hometown of Milton, not far away. Florida State does not have a quarterback committed in the class. Um, I think that maybe they're still trying to work some angles with guys like maybe like a Brock Glenn who's committed to Ohio State over the Seminoles. Um, if not, I mean, I think Emory Williams could potentially be one of the guys at the top of the board for the Seminoles. So um, Florida State might be the school I'm watching most right now. But again, I don't think anyone around Emory, I don't, I think it sounds like Emory's saying all the right things uh, to Miami about his commitment status. Uh, he came down a few weeks ago, kind of enjoyed the game was, you know, kind of rallied the troops. I'm, I'm here to be the quarterback at the university of Miami. I'm, I'm a cane, all that type of stuff. So I think both guys are pretty locked in. Yeah. And that's huge. You know, quarterback, of course, you want to get the most talented guys that you can. Uh, and also I think it's important to take as many as you can in terms of numbers, just because yeah. it's a funny position. You never know how development slash injuries are going to work out there. And it's just, in my opinion, it's always good to take as many as possible. And yeah. so if, if mine can hold on to Jaden Rashada and Emery Williams, both elite 11 quarterbacks, um, that is a huge development for this class running back. Uh, Miami currently does not have a commitment at this position. It's definitely a key position of need yeah. uh, with the injuries slash inconsistent play from the position group 
this season. Um, what are you, obviously Miami's going to land, I would assume two running backs at the high school level in this class. Uh, is that a fair number to say you think? Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's totally fair to, to assume that they, they do their best to get two guys in there. And who are the ones you're you're kind of keeping tabs on? Yeah, right now I feel like you know the the, the two guys that maybe I think Miami has the best shot of landing. Um, you know, I'm you know I wrote on Monday morning an update. Miami's still you know coming after Mark Fletcher, the Ohio State commit. I know that we've been saying that for months and months and months, and uh, you know he continues to say the right things about Ohio State. But you know I do think that again, as we saw with Mario Cristobal, you never write him off. Like you can't write him off for the, any of these guys. I mean, this is uh, you know a kid that kind of grew up a Miami fan, comes from a fan a family of Miami fans. Um, you know, my, Miami's definitely kind of, you know, putting that pursuit on, you know, doing everything that they sort of have to do to try to get Mark Fletcher to flip from that Ohio State pledge. I mean, that's one that I'm still looking at that I do believe Miami has, you know, a chance at. Am I saying that they're definitely going to flip him? No. Uh, but I do think Miami's still very much involved in that recruitment. Um, another one, you know, another name that Miami fans should be pretty familiar with at this point, Christopher Johnson. He's the, you know, track star out of Fort Lauderdale Dillard. Um, you know, he's a state champ in the 100 and the 200 meter. Uh, you know, he was at Miami on Sunday for another unofficial visit. He won't be at the Miami Florida state game because I think Dillard has a game that day, but you know, Miami's definitely still chipping away there. Um, I think he's going to go see Utah. Um, you know, he's talked of Ole Miss in the past. So I do think Miami's in a really good spot for Christopher Johnson there as well. And then, you know, those are the two you know, most popular names right now, maybe the, you know, the easiest to identify, but again, I mean, let's not forget about right. what just happened, right? Like with Cormani McLean, where it seems like all the chips are stacked against Mario Cristobal and, and the hurricanes and he come and here they come out of nowhere and just kind of shock the world. I, I think that they're in the, in the business of pulling a couple more of these shockers. So, I mean, is it fair to write them off for a guy like Cedric Baxter, who, you know, earlier this fall, his dad said that he wanted to come, come back down to Miami, check them out. I mean, maybe, not i mean he just took an official visit to florida state is he going to take official visits elsewhere potentially i don't know that miami's definitely going to be one of those spots but i mean i'm not just going to sit here and say hey miami's totally out of the race for cedric baxter either because i don't think that that would be wise considering who's recruiting for the hurricanes right now yeah to me this is one of the you could make the argument this is the most interesting position group in terms of like it, it's a it could be a a guy who we don't even really know about right now that, right. that ends up signing with Miami similar to last cycle at this time. I mean, obviously at this time, last cycle, Mario Cristobal was not hired yet, but uh, you know, Trevante citizen in a lot of ways was a surprise yeah. uh, signing. Uh, Miami made a late push. And look, if we're being honest too, if you're a running back, if you're a big time running back, number one, this depth chart is appealing. Number two, having Mario Cristobal as your head coach should be appealing too. So, um, you know, I could see a, a surprise emerge too, uh, at this position group by the end of the cycle. Yeah. Let me throw, let me throw one name out there. And again, this isn't something I've been able to like necessarily confirm, but I do think that this, this prospect potentially fits the bill of what we're talking about. How about Jeremiah Cobb? Who's an, who's an Auburn commit top two, four, seven running back has a, 
10, 8, 800 meter to his name, five foot, 1185 pounds. I mean, I feel like that's someone that, you know, again, Auburn just lost head coach, Brian Harson. He could potentially start sorting through his options. Georgia just offered not long after they picked up a commitment from Roderick Robinson out West in in California. So Jeremiah Cobb is one that, you know, again, not saying that Miami's definitely going that route, but if we're talking surprise, maybe off the radar name, um, right. you know, he's one that sort of, you know, seems to check some of those boxes. So, and you turn, I watched this film last night, just kind of sorting through Auburn, looking through Auburn's class, seeing what could work. He was definitely a name that stood out to me. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's someone Miami potentially pivots to, or, you know, just kind of turns to, to, you know, have one of those running backs, you know, strong running backs in this class. Yeah, we'll see. I, it's a little murky now. Uh, but I don't have any trepidation in terms of like, will they be able to get a high caliber right. running back in this class? I agree. They'll figure it out. Uh, wide receiver. So Miami currently has two commitments. Uh, Nathaniel Joseph, the ultra talented slot receiver and Robbie Washington, the versatile playmaker that could play in the slot also play on the outside. That's a good start in terms of uh, Miami landing receivers that can go out and make plays on their own, whether it's uh, catch and run type of big plays or tracking balls deep. Um, these two guys get that done. But wide receiver is an important position group that Miami needs to flip, uh, flip the roster at that position group. And there are some big time names on the board that, again, Mario Cristobal is not going to stop recruiting anyone just because they're committed somewhere. Um, Gabby, who are the names to know at receiver? Yeah, I mean, let's start at the very top, right? I mean, I think if you were in a room with Mario Cristobal and you were talking about maybe some guys that he feels like in this high school class that can come in and, and change the culture of the program or help change the culture of the program, pure football guys, I think the first name that you might hear is Brandon Innes. Um, you know, that's someone that he's still very much actively recruiting personally. Mario Cristobal is I, I feel like, you know, we, we've talked about how, you know, the relentless nature of the way that he recruits, the way he gets after it. I think Brandon Innes is one prospect at wide receiver, of course, the Ohio State commit five star out of Plantation American Heritage in Broward County that they feel like they that they feel like they need to have. I feel like they need to have him in the program. He's just that type of guy. Um, I think the mentality, the charisma, everything about him is just everything Mario Cristobal wants in a football player. Um, so I think that, you know, he's definitely still someone that they're kind of going after. I mean, again, we mentioned Mark Fletcher, who, you know, Miami's actively pursuing at American Heritage. You know, uh, someone else will mention later in the podcast, Damari Brown, his teammate, going to officially visit Miami. If they're able to, you know, potentially land one of those guys, you know, get some, something going with Mark Fletcher, you know, Brandon Innes could have a lot more to think about. I think that's an angle that they're trying to work in that recruitment. So definitely not writing off Miami quite yet for Brandon Innes. Right now, you know, I think the expectation is he sticks with that Ohio State pledge, but that's definitely one that I'm looking at. And then, um, you know, yeah. just kind of go. Let me say, too, yeah, go ahead. you know, similar to with Cormani McLean, right? Uh, that was kind of like a, a, a Mario Cristobal slash DeMarcus Van Dyke uh, yeah. situation. My understanding with this Brandon Innes situation is it's a Mario Cristobal slash David Cooney situation, who is an off-field staffer for Miami works a lot with the receivers. So um, similarities in that way, but go ahead. Next guy. Yeah. Uh, next guy, another committed prospect, Hakeem Williams. I mean, 
he he committed to Florida State, and I think just a couple weeks later, he was at Hard Rock Stadium watching Miami as they took on North Carolina. Again, I think that's just not the, the, the Miami's not just bowing out of these recruitments. Like, oh, okay, we committed you committed somewhere else. Like, you know, congratulations. You know, we respect your decision. Like, decisions are not they're being respected, but they're not being respected out here. You know, they're they're <laughs> trying to flip these guys. You know, they're trying to get these guys on board. Um, so Hakeem Williams is definitely still a name for them. Um, you know, that's sitting at the top of the board, and then uh. You know, let's I mean, a, a couple other, you know, non-committed guys that, you know, again, not similar stature of Hakeem Williams, a similar size as six foot two, six foot two and a half variety. Uh, let's go Tayshawn Lyons out of, you know, Northern California, about 45 minutes from where Jaden Rashada stays. Um, you know, I think those two have some sort of relationship. I think Tayshawn Lyons, uh, you know, potentially ends up at that Miami Florida State game. I know that that's something that they're working on if that does come to fruition, which I think it might. Uh, I That's going to be an unofficial visit. So Miami will still be able to hold on to that official for later on in the process. Um, you know, I know that he's someone that has a lot of fans around the building. He's, a, again, a big, tall guy, six foot two and a half, you know, 160. 570 pounds that definitely has some impressive tape and then another one uh micah mays the palm beach benjamin wake force commit six foot two 175 pounds uh 400 meter state champ uh definitely has some explosive traits that miami really likes uh you know they did offer him a, a, a little a little bit ago um he is committed to wake Forest, but again another guy that i think has taken notice of you know what miami's doing cormani mclean kind of that iron sharp sharpens iron type of effect and i think uh you right. know these are all I mean, that's how it goes, right? Good prospects want to play with good prospects. And I think if you're a receiver and you know you're going to be going up against Cormani McLean, not only in practice, but, you know, even just on your own independent drills where you're just working, refining your craft, if you can do that against the best defensive back day in and day out in your class, um, that's definitely something that's attractive. So those are four names that, you know, I think that I'm kind of, you know, monitoring. I think Jalen Brown, the LSU commit is another um, you know, maybe gets down to the Miami Florida state game this weekend, depending on how some visit plans go with, uh, the LSU Alabama game. Um, I think that's someone that Miami's still communicating with as well. So still options. And again, like you mentioned, David, we're seven weeks out and that's a lot of time in recruiting, especially when it gets down to the nitty gritty of, okay, I, I'm going to about to put pen to paper. I got to make a decision here. What, what is your number for the wide receiver position in this class? Yeah, I could see, I could see four, you know, I could see, honestly, I can maybe see them pushing it up to five if it's the right guys, you know, I think, you know, all those guys we mentioned, uh, Tayshawn Lyons, Micah Mays, Hakeem Williams, Brandon Innes, you know, these are all guys they want. Are they going to get all of them? Probably not. But um, I think if, you know, two or three of those guys decided that, hey, I want to be here, I don't think that they're in the position to kind of say no. Um, You know, the wide receiver play has improved, you know, some, uh, you know, with the emergence of Colby Young and, you know, definitely some guys that have, you know, maybe taken some strides, but I think they do need to, you know, add plenty of bodies to that receiver room, whether it be through the high school ranks, whether that be the transfer portal. So um, I think that they're going to take as many as they can sort of get, not saying it's going to be some astronomical number like six or seven, but I think that yeah. there's a talented prospect that says, Hey, I want to play at Miami. I think that they're just going to find a way to figure it out. Tight end three commits, uh, four-star Riley Williams at IMG. Uh, and then three-star guys, Jackson Carver, Reed McKeska, big frame guys, all of them big frame guys that uh, can be effective in the blocking phase and pass catching phase. Um, Gabby, these three are to this point have stuck with their commitments, um, which I think is an impressive sell job because yep. three tight ends is a lot um, in any recruiting class. Do you feel like Miami will end up signing three tight ends in this class? 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's the plan. You know, I think that's what I think that's what they hope that they can do. I know that they they like all three of these guys a lot. They feel like each of them bring a unique sort of skill set. Um, you know, maybe or maybe some are more ready than others in terms of how how quickly they can contribute. But I know that they're really excited about Riley Williams. I mean, that was a huge huge target for them, and them able to lock him up was a really big deal. Uh, Jackson Carver is someone that they view as like, you know, kind of an inline tight end, but that could still move around. He has a promising athletic background with the lacrosse, hockey, all those different types of things that, you know, make him an exciting prospect. And then read my Keska. I mean, he's a guy that can like dunk a basketball backwards. You know, he has some hops, he has some explosiveness to him and, you know, he could potentially be someone that gives you a little bit of that too. I mean, six foot five and a half, 233 pounds. I mean, you know, they're, I feel like they're bringing some size, they're bringing athleticism, they're bringing some guys that could potentially help in the blocking game. And, you know, I think that this is sort of the way that you want to line up your tight end room, right? Like 6'6, 240, 6'6, yeah. you know, 220, potentially 230, 235, and then six foot five and a half, 235. I mean, these are guys that they are going to, I think they're just kind of reestablishing what a tight end looks like at the University of Miami. And I think all three of these guys definitely fit the bill and, uh, you know, fit what they want to do. Yeah, we, we were all aware, unfortunately, of the red zone struggles this season. I think the tight end position is one that can really, really help an offense in the red zone, both blocking. Uh, Miami's been able to run for red zone touchdowns and, you know, that pass catching threat with the, uh, you know, large frame, big catch radius uh, can be a weapon too in the red zone. So, I think all three of these guys can help in some form or fashion in that situational football with red zone and short yardage. Uh, Offensive line. Miami has five commits right now. Of course, five-star Francis Maui Goa. Uh, Then it's four-star Antonio Tripp, three-star Connor Liu, uh, three-star Tommy Kinsler, and three-star Frankie Tinelau. So that's five already committed which is a strong number as it is. Um, but obviously, Samson Okanola, Okanlola is out there. Um, I guess let's just start there. Is Miami still chipping away at that one? Yeah, you know, I, I think that Miami's still very, very much involved in that recruitment. I think that they're very much in that recruitment. Um, you know, just kind of, again, during my two weeks, hiatus uh you know i i got to have you know a good conversation about samson Lola with with some sources and i think that there's still a lot of confidence that miami is, is potentially the pick we saw the crystal balls roll in over the summer coming off of that official visit um I, and i think that there's still reason to believe that miami is the team to beat i think uh you know one thing in this name image and likeness era it's not a scary word it's not an evil word it is what it is and it's a part of the game uh, you know, Samson Akinola is taking a very business-like approach. He has his pancake honcho brand. Um, you know, he's a fan of the city of Miami, the big city, you know, metropolitan type of deal where he can be a bit, you know, he can emphasize that business aspect of his brand and who he is, um, you know, and that's that plays a factor into all these things. And I think Miami did a good job on selling him on different opportunities, on the opportunities that players on the current roster have. And then, of course, I mean, there's the opportunity on the field, which we've seen the offensive line, you know, it's it, it, it's kind of it's been what it's been. It's just I don't think it's been completely up to par to what the standard is for Mario Cristobal and Alex Mirabal. There's an opportunity to come in, potentially play early, be a, an early contributor. And, uh, you know, aside from that opportunity on the field, there is the off field stuff. It, I mean, I think that Miami's still very much involved. I think that there's still a lot of confidence that Miami is where he ends up playing. There is other school. There are other schools that are involved. 
you know, I wrote that Florida is a school to monitor. I do think that the Gators are in there in one way or another. Um, I think Ohio State could potentially be a school that's in the mix there somewhere. You always have to watch out for, you know, some of the big boys like, you know, Alabama, Alabama and Georgia and, you know, those types of schools. But, you know, I do think right now, if Samson Akamola were making commitment, which I don't expect him to until the early signing period, based on, you know, some of the conversations that I've had, you know, I do think Miami would still be the pick. So, uh, you know, I still think that Miami's in, in the best spot there, which is a big deal, just considering the Francis Malagoa, the Samson Akamola, that would be a pretty historic offensive line class, you know, even nationally, not right. only in the spectrum of the Miami Hurricane football landscape. I mean, that would be signing the number one and the number three overall tackles in the country, uh, you know, per the composite, that's only been done a few times. I think two of the, two of the three schools that have done it um, are Alabama and Georgia. Both have obviously won national championships. I think the third was Stanford uh, surprisingly. So, um, you know, that's a big, that's a, that's a really, really big deal. And if that's something that Miami is able to pull off. Yeah. We talk about, you know, Mario Cristobal gets uh, fixated on certain recruits, yeah. you know, um, yeah. Francis is that type of guy, Francis Maui Goa. I think Cormani McLean was that type of guy, the five-star corner. Samson Okanlola is definitely that type of guy too. He is a freak athlete. Um, he's a very good wrestler too yeah. at the high school level. He just has all the traits that really it's, it's kind of just wherever he goes, he's going to end up being a first-round pick offensive right. lineman. He's that type of freaky talent. Um, Anyone, any other names to know on the offensive line, or is it pretty much these five? And if if that's Miami's five, then they're cool. And also, yeah. too, they're going to look to land Sampson. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I mean, if if these are the five that they sign, I think that they're going to be very happy with that. Obviously, Sampson would just take it to a whole new level. Um, but these are, I mean, it's these five. If it's Sampson, then it's Sampson. If not, then I mean, I think they're cool with just this number that they got. All right, let's take a quick break and then we'll get to the defensive side of things after the break. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast 
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, we are back. Gabby, I feel like the defensive side is a little more murky, particularly on the line of scrimmage. There's just a lot of a lot of guys still out there that haven't decided yet on the defensive line that Miami's after. Miami did get some clarity at cornerback with the surprise commitment of Cormani Lane, but McLean. But um Anyways, let's start on the defensive line, and let's start specifically at defensive end. So Miami currently has one guy committed in four-star top 100 defensive end, Jaden Wayne, who I think is a very good prospect, Uh, 6'5", 240, athleticism, length, a lot to develop there. Um, But he there's a long list of guys that Miami wants to add to this defensive end class. I'll let you take the floor and, and take it where you want to go. Yeah, Jaden Wayne is definitely a, a really, really strong start to the defensive ends class. Um, you know, there's still some some big names out there that Miami definitely wants. Um, I think you have to start with Ruben Bain out of Miami Central, listed as a defensive lineman. I think Miami sees the value of him as an edge guy, as a defensive yeah. end. I mean, I think, think he can play both, right? He is, can definitely. Is that he can definitely. Yeah, I think he could definitely play play both. I think you just, I mean, think Akeem Mesador. I think yeah. that's, I think that's, they've kind of laid down the, the, you know, sort of the, the game plan for Ruben Bain, what he could potentially be here. That's obviously something that could potentially be very attractive, but I think Ruben Bain is definitely a name that you have to kind of throw into the mix here. Maybe fair to categorize him more in that defensive line range. No, I think, well, my point there is because defensive line, at least from what I can tell that target list is a little light, but I yeah. think if you, I, I would put Ruben Bain in the defensive end category. Yeah. But you do have to understand he can also play for inside. sure. Go for ahead. sure. Yeah. No, I think that's, I think that's a great way to put it. So yeah, Ruben Bain's definitely, I think the guy, the prize, and then, you know, you got Damon Wilson in there also, uh, you know, Ohio state picking up some, some crystal balls, some steam there, but you know, Miami definitely still working on Damon Wilson, the five-star edge rusher out of Venice. Um, Samuel Mpemba is still kind of around there too. I think that, you know, he's kind of cooling on Miami. It seems like he could be Georgia bound. Um, so I think that's one to watch new name that, you know, I think Miami fans definitely need to become familiar with, uh, Chamberlain Campbell, David, I know that you kind of, I know you kind of maybe got eyes on him at the, at the Duke game when he came for that unofficial visit, he's out of St. Petersburg, Lakewood, um, six foot five and a half, 210 pounds, uh, six foot 11 wingspan. Uh, not currently ranked by any of the major recruiting services, but you know, just kind of working the phones. It sounds like this is someone that if my if he called Miami tomorrow and he wanted to commit to them, you know, they would take that commitment and they would they they would add him to this class. They think that he is just kind of a big ball of clay and that they can mold him into you know anything that they sort of want to. And they're they're high on the upside. They think he has a lot of natural traits that would benefit them. So Chamberlain Campbell, I mean that he's not just like a random name they offered. Um, right. I moved him into Miami's top targets list because, again, uh, he's going to be at Miami, Florida State this weekend. So taking his second unofficial visit to Miami in less than a month, 
And, uh, you know, if things, I'm not saying he's on commit watch, but, uh, you know, I do think that if he were to make that decision, Miami would definitely welcome it. Um, a couple others to know that are maybe committed to other schools. Uh, Collins and Kian Pong is one that I think Miami fans is a name Miami fans should be pretty familiar with, especially over the summer when there was back and forth between it was going to be Michigan, it's going to be Miami. Um, he did end up committing to Michigan, but I do know Miami is still working their way into that recruitment. Um, another one is by Job, who's a you know top two four seven edge rusher originally from Senegal lives uh, stays in Norman Oklahoma committed to Michigan State I think Miami's still working on that recruitment as well and then I mean obviously we can't forget about the freakiest uh, talent in the class that's Nicholas Harbor I don't know where Miami stands in that recruitment I think they might be running third or fourth but it sounds like he could potentially get down I think South Carolina Michigan and LSU may be may have a leg up on the Hurricanes but it's about getting him down if they are they were to get him down figure all that stuff out. I think that typically, you know, would work. And I think that that's when, when Miami could potentially take off in that recruitment. So it's about getting him on campus. I think those are the names at the edge spot that you sort of just need to know. Length is kind of the common theme with most of those guys. Uh, Going back to Chamberlain, just kind of educating the audience more about him. Um, He is a late riser, right? But um, he's also picked up, like Miami's not the only school right. that is off. Like Miami might've been like the first one really on him. It seems that way at least. Yeah. But once Miami offered him, other schools jumped in. If I'm missing anyone say, but like Florida state was one, I believe Ole Miss was one. Yeah. Were there others that I'm missing? I mean, there are. Yeah. Well, Mi- Michigan state was the first to offer, but I do think okay. Miami was the first to kind of like identify him. If you get what I'm saying, yeah. they brought, they brought him to that Duke game it was kind of like, I kind of had to ask, like, who the heck is this kid? Like, I can't find anything on him. I keep looking up his name and all I see is basketball tape. And, uh, you know, that's what he was. He was a basketball kid who kind of just, you know, I think someone over there at Lakewood, which is a really good program. Uh, you know, they always, yeah. they're always, you know, producing talent. Amari Nyblack signed with Alabama uh, last cycle. I mean, so someone from that football office kind of grabbed him, got him onto the football field, told him, go get after the quarterback. And he's put together some impressive tape. So uh, Michigan state did offer first Miami was the first to get him on campus. I believe, you know, just get him at school and kind of look at him that way, measure him up so we can get something uh, correct on him and all those types of things. And so Miami was definitely at the forefront of all this. And I think that that's helped them position themselves pretty well here. Yeah. And, and, and he would be a guy that is developmental, uh, needs to get bigger, stronger. Um, but you can't teach six foot seven with his movement skills, uh, defensive tackle. We already mentioned how, you know, Ruben Bain could also be lumped in a little bit into this group. He's kind of that swing guy that can play either on the edge or inside. So he's a, he's a name to know too at defensive tackle. There's crossover there. Uh, but who are the other names? And also, well, let me go back to DN. What do you, what is the number you would set for D end in this class? Two, yeah, three. I think I would go three if they can. Yeah. You know, I think three is. I mean, you you got to kind of stack these pass rushers. They signed two, obviously, in um in, in Nigeli Kelly and Cyrus Moss. I think you got to kind of follow that up with another strong class. So if you can get if Chamberlain Campbell, let's say, is you know defensive end three in the class, you know D end three. I think that that's promising because again, I mean, he's kind of high upside. He's someone that, you know, you're stashing and you know, you're developing for at least maybe a, I mean, maybe best case scenario, two years, Um, you know? So I think that you gotta, if you're able to get a Ruben Bain, a Jaden Wayne and, uh, 
and uh, a Chamberlain Campbell, I think that would be a strong class. If you could even pair, you know, a Damon Wilson in there or something like that, that's a home run. So, you know, you got it's a premium position. I don't think you can take too many guys at those premium positions because uh, you need to have guys that can get after the quarterback in today's game. So um, I think three would be probably the money number. Defensive tackle, Miami doesn't have any commitments right now. Um, I think they did they sign just one guy in Moton last cycle. Is that correct? Yeah, so, they signed one guy in Moton and then obviously transfer portal heavy. Right. So I think it's kind of an important position. Um, in terms of getting guys in the program that can take on starter roles after next season, once Leonard Taylor, I mean, we'll see how his development goes, but he'll be draft eligible after next season. Uh, Daryl Jackson as well, Jared Harrison Hunt. So there's going to be opportunities to play relatively soon for guys that Miami lands this cycle who are kind of the names to know there right now. Yeah. um, I think probably, I think, you know, on the interior defensive line, someone that's, you know, maybe primarily on the interior defensive line, I think it's still Jordan Hall the, you know, top two, four, seven defensive lineman out of Jacksonville West side. I think that that's kind of like the guy they feel like they need to have has all the ideal measurements, six foot four and a half, 300 pounds. I mean, I think that that's kind of the dude um, that they feel like they need to sort of get. And again, it's, it's kind of light on the interior defensive line. I mean, I could definitely see another transfer portal hall, but there are a couple other names that I think Miami fans need to be aware of. Uh, John Walker, the UCF commit, again, someone that Miami fans who've been following this cycle should be pretty aware, uh, familiar with because he did officially visit over the summer, kind of pulled a stunner when he committed to his hometown UCF over offers from you know Florida, Ohio State, Miami, uh, et cetera. Could have gone to whatever program he wanted, decided to stay home. Sounds like he might be looking around a little bit, did set up a Florida official visit uh, in December per uh, Blake Alderman at Swamp 247. Um, you know, did confirm that Miami is still working on that recruitment as well. So we'll be interesting to see if he makes it back down again. He did burn that official. So anything that happens from this point on would have to be unofficial. Um, and then another name, uh, I feel like there's a theme of committed guys, prospects committed to other schools. Uh, how about Joshua Horton, uh, the North Carolina commit? I think that that's someone Miami's definitely identified and kind of circled and I think is actively pursuing. And so Joshua Horton is is definitely an interior defensive line name that I think has a couple fans around the program. So uh, that's definitely one to know. Yeah, and, and again, like kind of like running back, this could be a, a position group where some new names just emerge yeah. in December that end up taking official visits to Miami that uh, Mario Cristobal and the staff will try to close on in that deciding month of December linebacker Miami has three guys committed in Malik Bryant, Raul Aguare, Aguare. And, and Bobby Washington. Uh, so that's a good start. Yeah. Um, but they're also not done recruiting that position. Um, who are they after? Yeah, Stanquan Clark, man. I mean, I think he's kind of the guy that they feel like they need to add to kind of top off this linebacker class. Uh, you know, they did sign really just one in Wesley Bissaint last cycle. Uh, the cycle before that, who was it? It was Corey Flagg, right? It was like yeah. the Corey Flagg class. I mean, they need numbers at linebacker. Um, you know, they need to just kind of throw bodies at that room. And again, it's not even just throwing bodies. I think these are all quality bodies, you know, top to bottom. I mean, Malik Bryant obviously has been a highly touted recruit his whole 
his whole journey. Bobby Washington, even though he is, you know, the lowest rated of the bunch, I think he has some serious upside. I think he has some fans in, in evaluation circles. And, you know, I know Cooper Patagna, who's worked in player development at multiple programs, including with Mario Cristobal. He's a fan of Bobby Washington and what he can do at six foot three, 215 pounds. So, um, you know, adding Stan Quan Clark, who I think has had just an awesome senior year at Miami Central after, you know, playing a few years at Miami Killian. Um, I think he's someone Miami just definitely needs to add. I think they're highly prioritizing him. Charlie Strong, uh, really all those guys are just trying to get him on board. He is committed to Louisville right now. Um, so I think they're, they, you know, they got their work cut out for them, but, you know, I think they've did a, done a good job of getting him on campus. He's been to a couple games now, uh, you know, he has been on campus. So I think they're chipping away there. He's a hometown kid, uh, kind of keeps himself quiet guy. I think, uh, you know, staying home could potentially be attractive. So it's just about Miami kind of closing there and seeing where, where it goes. Corner. Um, so Miami, I guess has three commitments right now. Uh, yeah. If you know, including Antoine Jackson, yeah, the 2024, the original 2024 corner that is reclassifying to 2023. Um, obviously, Cormani McLean, the recent five star addition, and four star corner Robert Stafford. Let's start here. Cormani McLean, uh, you know, we haven't really discussed it on the pod yet. How did yeah. you, how did you digest that whole situation, Gabby? eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, it, it, it was unreal. And David, I know, I know we had this conversation. I'm kind of kicking myself because I feel like if I was like locked in, and again, I'm not like making excuses or whatever, like we missed it. We did. Uh, but I feel like if I was locked in, I think I could have put, I think I could have connected some dots and some breadcrumbs and maybe at least been prepared for the moment. Um, but you know, wow, I was, I was really stunned, honestly, just because I like the fact that, that it actually kind of happened. I was kind of dismissing all kind of like the tea leaves I got. Cause I was like, you know, these guys just lost, lost to Duke. Uh, you know, they just lost to Duke. They just got kind of blown out. Cormani's just been like such a heavy Florida lean. I mean, it's just been like everywhere you look, I mean, Cormani McLean to Florida, Cormani McLean to Florida, Cormani McLean to Florida. I think at some point, you know, you just kind of be like, this is the industry. I mean, these guys, you know, we, you know, we know what we're talking about. You know, there's, there was justified reasoning for all of the connections that Florida was going to be the pick. 
Um, so to see it be actually be Miami um, was really just stunning. Like I was just like, I can't believe that this just happened. Like I really was just almost like speechless. Like I was pacing around my house. I was, I was like trying to take a nap at that time, like when everything went down and it, it was, it was wild, but wow. I mean, again, just this is Mario Cristobal. This is why you don't rule out Miami. This is why I do believe they will eventually get this thing rolling. And again, why you kind of need to be patient with this program because they are going to be able to attract top talent. They are going to be able to get kids like this. They're going to be able to pull off things like this um, and just win these recruitments that nobody really thinks that they're a part of. So the Cormani McLean situation was absolutely wild, but, uh, you know, just such a massive win. Again, we're talking premium positions. Cormani McLean at cornerback, that's a premium position. And, uh, you know, they definitely got a dub there. So that's huge. So that's a good place to start. Um, any recruiting class, these three guys committed. Uh, Cormani McLean, Robert Stafford, and Antoine Jackson. Uh, but I do think Miami has an opportunity to make this class special. Uh, if they can add one more high-quality corner. And there are a few names to know in that regard, Gabby. Who would they be? Yeah, I mean, I think this could be a really special class with one corner. I think that they're still trying to go after a couple, right? Like, that's something else I wrote on Monday. Like, it feels like, you know, they're on this role, Robert Stafford, David. I mean, me and you are both huge fans of him and what he's got. Um, their thirst does not seem quenched. You know, they're, you, you're mentioning other names, Damari Brown. Again, we I talked about him earlier in the podcast, top two, four, seven cornerback. Uh, he's going to officially visit Miami this week. And I think things are trending Miami's way. I think that they, you know, people in Coral Gables feel pretty confident about where they stand in that recruitment. So, and obviously nothing's ever a lock. I mean, we know that nothing's ever done until it's done, but, you know, feeling good about where, where Miami's at with Damari Brown, who is a legacy, who's from a program that traditionally produces high level defensive backs. I mean, you, I think if there's one school you bet on a position, um, I mean, you you bet on a plantation American heritage defensive back. I mean, just the track record is is absurd. So that would be a big win, a big win for them. Um, and then there's a couple other names to know. I mean, uh, Kiss Me Osceola, uh, top two four seven cornerback, Shaquem Jackson, a Florida commit. I think that's another recruitment Miami still actively actively working in. Uh, you know, I think the addition of Cormani McLean. I mean, we talked about how you know receivers might want to go up against him to try to get better. I think that there's corners that might want to play alongside him. And I think Jakeem Jackson is someone that is definitely intrigued by the, the fact that Cormani McLean picked Miami. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he turned up in South Florida this weekend for that Miami FSU game. Um, so he is a Florida commit. He is committed to the Gators. So that would be another, you know, zing to them if they're able to potentially flip him. And, you know, he's not the only Florida commit that Miami's after. I mean, Sharif Denson is another corner, maybe more of a nickel guy that Miami's really prioritized here. Uh, down the stretch and you know they David you know that they got him on campus for that Duke game uh, so he's made it down he's sort of listening and I think Miami's still really trying to work something out there so two guys on Florida's commit list that you know the Hurricanes Jamal, Jamal Dye um, DeMarcus Van Dyke and those guys are definitely trying to get on board so I think all three of those are are maybe the strongest candidates to be a part of this whole thing and uh, you know I think Miami would like to have two of two of the three if they can get them all three if they work something out from a number standpoint, but those are the three I'm sort of looking at right now. Yeah. And that's another position group. You know, we talk about receiver where it needs to be flipped cornerback, same boat. You land a guy like Cormani McLean, uh, a guy that can come in and, and compete for a starting job right away. I think Damari Brown is a similar guy. I'm not, I haven't seen Jakeem Jackson 
that much, but I know Andrew Ivins is very high on his potential and ability. Robert Stafford, I think, is a developmental guy in terms of first year, um, but I think his potential is high. So if they can add, if they can just go Cormani and Damari uh, in addition to Stafford and Jackson, I think that's a really strong haul at corner. And, and that's what it looks like to flip a room. Uh, safety. So uh, up until Friday night, this position group did not have a commitment. Yep. But that changed with the Hurricanes flipping uh, Caleb Spencer from his Oklahoma pledge. Um, number one, just what are your thoughts on that development, Gabby? Yeah. Uh, kind of just one of those examples of, I know you'd kind of been hinting at it, I think throughout the fall that Miami was working this situation, Yeah, but it's also an indication of how, you know, this staff recruits committed guys and they don't care. And, uh, they pulled off a flip there. So what was your take on, on that, um, development? Yeah. I mean, it was interesting, right, David. And, you know, we knew that Caleb Spencer was, you know, at Miami for that, uh, I believe it was the North Carolina game. Um, you know, I know that they had been kind of, you know, even as like this, the family and all that stuff, you know, just kind of had a quick, quick chat as they're going up to the thing, like, Hey, are, are, do you want it known that you're here? Like, what's your deals? And he's like, no, keep it quiet. Dad kind of turns to me and goes, you know, we'll have some news coming soon. So I do think, you know, just based on conversations I was having, you know, with sources and, and, and then, you know, kind of combined with that little anecdote that kind of kept replaying in my head, it seemed like Caleb Spencer was kind of looking around and seeing, and I think his camp was trying to see if this was a better fit for him, you know, with them coming, kind of coming down to Miami. So I knew that they were working on it. I didn't know how quickly it would come to fruition, but, you know, I think that Friday morning, my phone kind of started ringing saying, Hey, you know, that this, this is probably happening today, David. And, you know, I kind of hit your phone like, Hey, we need to kind of prepare for this because this is something that's kind of going down. And, uh, you know, definitely came as a surprise to everyone. Cause again, not someone we really reported on openly. And that's just mostly due to the fact that the staff wants to work in the shadows like that. You know, if it was open and out there that, Hey, Miami's recruiting Caleb Spencer, like, are they even able to get to this point without Oklahoma catching wind of it sooner and kind of blowing this whole thing up or, or this or that. And it makes everything a lot murkier. So this is the way that the staff likes to operate at times. It's fine. You know, I feel like they do a good job of you know, I think, you know, we kind of stay on point so that we are prepared for when things like this happen. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think it's a good haul. I think it's a good pickup. I think it was a, a I mean, they seem to like him. He seems like a, a sure tackler, uh, a guy that could, you know, has some position versatility where he can play safety. He could also play closer to the line of scrimmage and, uh, you know, be someone that can cover, you know, bigger tight ends, run with them, cover them. And then could also be a force in the run game where, again, he does bring that physicality at six foot two. Um, you know, 210 pounds. And again, I know he has a, a lot of people in the building in his corner and believe that he could be a great help for them. And they do have that sort of star position. I think he could potentially be a candidate to, you know, eventually grow into that. And uh, numbers wise, what do you expect at safety moving forward? Are there any, any other names to know? Yeah, um, I definitely think that there's, um, you know, I think I would say probably two right now. I think one name to to sort of know Brandon Hillman. He's a he's another kid out of Virginia. Uh, recruitment's you know I don't know if it's like blowing up a little bit, but he has a Notre Dame offer. Um, I know he has like a top eight that includes like Oklahoma, Tennessee, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, schools like that. Miami offered recently. Um, I think that he's someone that they kind of like at safety. And that's definitely one name that I would kind of you know just keep an eye on. Another one is you know is, is Conrad Hussey. 
Uh, he's at a Fort Lauderdale St. Thomas blindness. I don't think that Miami has as much traction there as they would like. Uh, it's, you know, he is committed to Penn state. It seems like he might be pretty firm on that, but uh, you know, definitely someone Miami's a fan of. So that that's a, th- those are two more names that I would, that I would throw out there. I think again, like these others, there could be potentially more, maybe some big names committed to other programs, but not ready to go there yet because I think that's still a little bit premature. So um, I think right now those are maybe the three names to, to kind of know at safety. All right. That's good. Gabby laying out the board like that. I just got like four like quick hitter questions, Gabby, and then we'll get out of here. Um, So right now the class is at 20, right? And we talked about plenty of targets that are still in play for the hurricanes and there's plenty more that we can't talk about, right? So the board is still big, um, currently at 20 commitments. How big, like what's your range for how big this class could end up being? Yeah, I feel I, I was told originally, and again, I think this was before the season started that, you know, they're trying to work in that 25 range. I'm getting the feeling that they're going to go maybe a little bit even higher than that. And what that looks like exactly, I'm not sure. Does it get up into the 29, 30 range? I don't know about that either. But again, these guys are not in position to tell some talented prospects no. And if they're able to string together some traction with with guys and they feel like they could potentially close, um, I think that they're going to do whatever it is that they need to do to figure out some spot the, the spot situation. They're not completely restrained by that 25 man cap anymore, which is some legislation that passed. You know, I don't know if it was last cycle or if it's for this cycle, but um, you know, I think that they're going to do what they need to do to get the type of talent into the program that they need to get. And again, I don't have an exact number in my mind. I don't know if it's going to be exactly 25. That seems a little bit small right now. Um, yeah. I could see it maybe going to that 28 range. Does it get up to 30? I don't know. That would be crazy. But again, at this point, I could see a lot of different situations playing out. So um, definitely curious myself to see how big it gets. But I don't know if 25 to is be determined. Be to be determined. But I, should be, but I should think be it is trending to being a large class. I think yeah, that's definitely. fair to say. Definitely. Um, and they just signed a small class, right? They just signed like a 17-man right. class or whatever it was. On like, purpose. Exactly. So that they could have a big class this year. Yeah. Um, so five stars. Miami currently has five, or sorry, two five stars committed. What would be your best guess of total five stars that Miami signs this cycle? Because they're still in play for I don't know a handful. I mean, some they're in, they're in there better with than others. But yeah. Um, what is your final count of five stars Miami Lance. Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting, right? Um I mean I think Samson Akinlola is maybe one that I, I would draw in in pencil that would give him three. I think Jaden Rashada, you know, again back for two for two four seven sports, I think will end up being a five star. I mean in, in a team ranking standpoint, I'm not sure if that'll translate because the composite I think is a little bit lower right. than the than the two four seven ranking. So if you want to just pull the two four seven sports ranking, I mean I don't know if we categorize Jaden Rashada as a potential five star, but he is within that range. I think potentially have four there, and then do they pull a stunner here? Do they end up working something out with Damon Wilson? Are they able to get uh, you know Nicholas Harbor in the eleventh hour? Like I don't know. Nicholas Harbor's talking about potentially you know pushing visits back into January. That would give Miami a whole other month. I think that would be a I think that would be best case scenario for the Hurricanes if, you know, he decides not to sign early and waits till February because a couple of official visits already burned and Miami hasn't used theirs up yet. They could work something in 
in, in, you know, with that extra month that they have. So, you know, I could see four, I could see five, if things work out, that would be obviously an insane number. But again, I, I don't think it's fair to write these guys off right now. I can see anywhere in that range. I think the five number four or five number two hinges on their success at wide receiver, um, yeah. whether or not they land some of those guys. Right. Um, does Miami sign a top five class? I think so. Yeah, I think so. And again, I think the quality of this class already is really impressive. And then I think the quantity is going to be big too. We're talking about a big class. I mean, the bigger the class, the more points you kind of get thrown into that class. And obviously other people will sign big classes too. But again, I do think Miami's kind of trending um, with some with some prospects. Again, I think if they land the Samson, and Lola, I think that puts them in a really good position to eventually do that. Yeah. And again, that would only, they're, they're still just, Right now, there's only 19 commits in the class. I mean, haven't even factored in Antoine Jackson yet into the actual rankings yet. And still, Miami's higher than some people with a lesser amount of commits. So I do think the average ranking per recruit right now is top five nationally. Yes. Uh, if they can just throw numbers on top of that while still continuing to add quality talent, and we're talking with the receivers, we're talking about some more you know, top two, four, seven blue chip guys. Um, I do think that this could be a top five class. And again, I think from the jump, uh, the messaging was going to be, we are going to sign top five classes here. We're aiming to sign a top three class. Am I going to go as far as top three? I don't know, but I think top five is very within the very much within the realm of possibilities. So right now um, I'm going to bet on these guys and say, yeah, they signed a, a top five class. Does a five and seven season change that at all? I don't think so, man. I mean, I, I think agree. if they can land Kormani, Kormani. Kormani. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I think, I think that tells me, I think that eased any, yeah. Like, like any, anxiety. yeah, anxiety or just like on un, that unsettlingness or whatever. I don't know if that's a word. I think the Cormani McLean thing changed everything in my head where it's just like, all right, traditionally this would blow up, right? Like you would think just because of the way this goes, this would not stick. It just wouldn't happen. It is sticking and it's getting better. It's growing and it's probably going to continue growing. So I, you know, I think five and seven, whatever, honestly, I think whatever it is at this point, unless it just gets horrific again. And even then I don't even know, I feel like you got blown out by Duke. How much worse can it really get? Right. Um, but they're still stacking guys and they're still getting guys to jump on board. I don't think five and seven changes a thing. I don't think, I, I don't think there's much that's going to change anything. I don't know if getting blown out by Florida state on Saturday, getting blown out by Clemson, losing to Pitt at home. I don't know how much of this changes anything at this for point. This cycle. I, for yeah. this particular, for this particular cycle. I think these guys are you know figuring this stuff out i mean they have definitely sold a vision of the future of the program and i think guys are just kind of buying stock into what this miami thing's kind of doing so yeah i don't think at all that five and seven would change how i feel about this class or what it looks like all right great stuff gabby as always glad you're back on the pod we'll also have and we don't need to get into this this podcast but transfer portal is also going to be extremely oh, yeah. interesting in december too um but that's going to be that's a situation where like at this point we don't even know who the transfer portal options are uh yeah. right now um so as december gets closer and closer we can we can dig into some transfer portal talk in terms of maybe just numbers and uh, positions of need etc to address immediately with the portal so gabby appreciate you jumping back on and uh try and get as much sleep as possible <laughs> thank you man it, it, it was good to be back I'm, I'm glad to be back at web work and doing what what we both love you know all right man till next time take care